The Pacific Climate Action Network says the latest climate report has confirmed what regional civil society groups have been saying all along, that developed countries aren't taking enough action to tackle the climate crisis. The UN's main climate body, the IPCC, released its Working Group 3 report on the mitigation of climate change on Monday, confirming that current efforts to reduce carbon emissions fall short to stop the world from heating beyond 1.5 degrees. With Pacific nations among the most affected by climate change, any scenario where global warming surpasses the 1.5 degrees threshold will result in devastating consequences for small island regions. The coordinator for the Pacific Climate Action Network, Langi Seru, says Australia and New Zealand have a key role to play in the fight against climate change. He spoke to RNZ Pacific's regional correspondent, Kelvin Anthony. You know, this has cemented the calls over the years by Pacific civil society around, you know, the urgent need to, to address the climate crisis and also, you know, the body of scientific uh, knowledge that has been coming out of the IPCC, especially the, the sixth cycle of the IPCC, that is looking at uh, the need to urgently and, and rapidly, you know, cut emissions and the need to get back on track to achieving the 1.5 degrees Paris target because we are far, far away from that. Um, and so we've seen uh, from the report that, you know, despite you know, the efforts by governments, by states, and also by uh, the private sector uh, and other key stakeholders that, you know, this has largely sort of just been piecemeal and, and devastatingly been slow. And so we are leaving the world on track to produce as much coal and, and oil and gas that is still not compatible with the Paris uh, climate goals. What does that mean, you know, if the world continues to, if the world continues its reliance on fossil fuels and developed nations don't commit to reducing the emissions drastically, what does it mean for the Pacific then? For the Pacific, this means that we would see communities go underwater, that we will face disastrous uh, impacts of, you know, food and, and water security and all, um, as well as health security, will largely impact livelihoods, um, the well-being and the security of Pacific Island people. And we do not have the kind of technological uh, resources and finance to be able to fully adapt to, you know, to the impacts that we are facing. Eh? And one of the things that the, the report has uh, underscored is this urgent need to phase out fossil fuel so that we can stave off the, uh, the climate crisis. So what are some of the, I guess, short-term actions that uh, the developed nations, who obviously have been uh, referred to in the report as being the most responsible for the greenhouse gas emissions in the atmosphere, what are some of the immediate actions that they should be taking to ensure that you know, the world is or remains in, on track to achieve the 1.5 degrees goal? Yeah, of course, you know, the, the science is, is clear with these uh, reports. The objectives, um, sort of the short-term uh, goals, means moving away from fossil fuels to renewables now, not, you know, not any time later. Uh, and so that would mean we're looking at uh, investment, we're looking at the establishment of new coal mines or, or new fossil fuel um, industries uh, or, you know, oil companies companies that are extracting oil. So we need to end uh, any further fossil fuel extraction. We need to move away, um, you know, in a, in a just um, transition to renewable energy. 
Um, and that means also, you know, looking at investment, both for developed countries, uh, but also financial institutions, the multilateral development banks. So that's one. The other is that we need to invest into environmentally uh, friendly and ecologically and, and financially viable mitigation initiatives. So we need to protect our forest. The, we're looking at mangroves, uh, uh, most of the carbon uh, from, from the atmosphere. We need to uh, invest into much more greener and sustainable uh, cities and, and urban communities. We also need to look at not only the production, but also our consumption as, as sort of a, a global community in ways that we are, you know, demanding more energy demands uh, and where these energy demands are coming from. And, and so it, it's going to require this concerted effort between governments and, and the private sector and the consumers uh, and other development actors and stakeholders to, to take rapid and also radical action. And it also requires governments to put that, you know, political action, you know, not merely just words and, and policies, but, you know, put that into action and translate those promises, not only promises that, that was made in Paris, but also uh, national climate policies and other uh, regulatory frameworks uh, that must be, you know, uh, put into action so that we are able to drive change and also that uh, the transition to uh, low carbon, green, uh, just and, and renewable uh, economy. What role do you see Australia and New Zealand play in this? Obviously, Pacific Islands contribute very little to the greenhouse emissions in the atmosphere, but are at the forefront of the climate impacts. So what role do you see bigger players in the region play? Their role for, for Australia and New Zealand is to cut down their emissions. In Australia in particular, you know, that it makes economic sense and it has economic benefit for the Australians is detrimental. Uh, to the Pacific Island people. And we are really just one united and connected community here in the Pacific. Anything that happens in Australia or New Zealand, the consequences, you know, acutely felt in, in the Pacific. 